The only thing that has changed is new networks. So when somebody has only done one of them, they seem very different. But I've got accounts with over 14 different ad networks. And when you've worked in 14 different ad networks, you start to see all the patterns. For example, Facebook has custom audiences. Google has similar audiences. And Twitter has tailored audiences. Functionally, they're all the same freaking thing. But because of patents and copyrights and IP law and all that stuff, they got to call them something different. Welcome to Yaro's podcast, where you'll discover the stories behind world-class performers, business builders, and enlightened leaders. Hi, this is Yaro, and welcome to a podcast interview. Today, I'm interviewing someone who I'd almost say is becoming a bit of a living legend in the internet marketing space. I actually got in touch with my guest because he was pretty much at every single internet marketing conference I went to, usually as a speaker, and just had a lot of respect in our industry. So I'm really excited to possibly introduce you or if not, learn a bit more about the background because frankly, I, I don't really know all the nitty gritty about the background either here. So I'm excited about doing this interview today with Justin Brooke. Hello, Justin. Hey, man, thanks for having me on. So I didn't mention anything you do in that quick introduction there other than you're in the internet marketing space. So I know you as the, the founder of, of AdSkills, but you have mentioned so many names in a lot of your Facebook posts of, of you know people you, you know, people you've worked with. So you, you certainly have a, a legacy in our space, but maybe you give us a quick intro to you know, what you do today and you know, what's your passion as well. Yeah, so I'm an ads guy. You know, today I, I run ad skills. We've got 11,000 plus ad buyers. We teach people to have more profitable ads. That's what I do today. However, I got started in 2007 as an intern for Russell Brunson. Everybody knows him today as the owner of ClickFunnels. This was way before ClickFunnels was ever uh, even an idea. And my job as an intern was to go through this quarter million dollar library of you know, just marketing courses. I mean, he had everything. I got to learn from Dan Kennedy, Joe Polish, Chet Holmes, Jay Abraham, and the, the best of the best. You name any of the best guys, he had their books, their DVDs, their seminar recordings. And so my job was to go through as much of that as I could and then write affiliate review articles so he could kind of make his money back on all those expenses. So I got the education of a lifetime as an intern and we hit it off good, and I, I learned some great things while there. And uh, one of the things that really stuck out to me was this course about Google Ads. You know, funny courses about every type of wealth building and business building. And what really stuck out to me was Google Ads. And I guess it really stuck out to me because I had always thought of advertising as something that was very expensive and risky because I'd only known about like TV ads and and billboard ads, and magazine ads, and stuff like that. But these Google ads. It was like, oh my, you know, I could like, I could write up a little Google ad from home and I could, you know, I could spend as little as a hundred bucks. And that just kind of, you know, changed my whole paradigm around what advertising was and could be. So I go home from the internship. It was an unpaid internship. So I'm still broke. I learned a lot of good things. I go home and I tell my girlfriend, who's now my wife, I say, hey, I want to do these Google ad things. She's like, oh, that's great. You know, I'm glad you learned so much while you're there. But by the way, we're still broke here at home. <laughs> so, you know, try to shorten the story a little bit. You know, we ended up paying half the electric bill and I took that 60 bucks and put it onto a pathetic $2 a day Google ad campaign. 
and I made 150 bucks that month. And so I quickly paid my electric bill and then I did it again. And I did it again. I kept doubling my month, my money, 11 months in a row. If you do the math on that, I had a six figure business by the time you know, I was earning uh, about $10,000 a month. So I had a six figure business started from 60 bucks. I'm never allowed to use that headline in any ads because it's not <laughs> compl- it's not compliant, but it, it is the true story. So because it was ads that like took me from literally being broke, and I always say on stage, you know, took me from eating ramen noodles to Red Lobster, you know, because it was that thing for me. I'm obsessed about it. You know, it's the thing that like literally put food on the table and and now feeds my kids and now feeds you know my whole team of people, you know, their kids and. So it's the thing that I obsess about. I've had a great career. I ran an agency for five or six years. I had Dan Kennedy as a client, Rich Sheffrin, Russell Brunson at O'Keefe, the different Agoras. Uh, I had all the big names. We had a great run. Realized I couldn't possibly help everyone through an agency model. So that was when I started up Ad Skills. And we treat it more of a, like a trade school. We have certifications and we, we try to help the next round of people become good advertisers so that other businesses can easily hire good advertisers. Okay, fantastic. That's a great uh, summary, I think. And I, there's so many things I want to dive into there. But you know, before we talk about that part of the journey, I'd just love to go even further back. Before the internship, was there any kind of entrepreneurial drive or plan like i'm not even sure where you were born justin and you know you grew up <laughs> and where you went to school if you did what was what was the plan you know as a as a young person this is what makes you such a great podcaster man nobody asks these questions so i was born in hollywood florida you know it's south florida just you know you can call it fort lauderdale right in between fort lauderdale and miami and you know my mom always had odd jobs you know they my mom and dad had worked you know Sometimes my dad would work during the day and my mom would work at night and they would like pass me off. I mean, so like only one parent was home. And then I had, you know, along came my sisters. I got three sisters. So my dad is a mechanic. My mom, you know, she did different hospitality and insurance type things throughout her life. I was always an entrepreneur, you know, from the very get go. I mean, I remember selling candy out of my backpack in school. I remember moving up to the point where I was selling those little Debbie brownies out of my backpack because I could sell those for a dollar instead of selling like blow pops and airheads for a quarter. And then I realized that my customers were thirsty. (laughs) And so I started selling a juice pack with the brownie. And in fact, I got so successful that I got in trouble because I was starting to take too many kids lunch money. So then they, they shut down my operation. And so, yeah, I was always, you know, I had the lemonade stands. I sold, you know, I, my, the biggest thing my parents hated as a kid is I would get into these hobbies and then I would like flip the thing. So like I had drums at one point. I was a skater at one point. I was a martial artist at one point. Like I, I had all these different things and then I would just like flip all my gear and start another hobby. And so, yeah, I've been doing it my whole life. And then right before the internet, I had a good five to seven year run as a salesman, you know, phone salesman and did quite well in sales. Okay. So you, you after school went into phone sales. That was like your, your, your first job, so to speak. No, after school, I, I went into being a young punk, not, <laughs> okay. not, not doing too much. Um, then I had my, my, my kid 
in uh, 2003. So I graduated in 2003. I had a kid and that kind of really tamed me down. Um, I had to, I, I remember like I was going to sell it the first day he got home. I was going to celebrate with whiskey. Cause I was like, at that point in my life, that's what I did. Yeah. Oh, I would celebrate every little moment. You know, Oh, let's shots, shots. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and so I, I start taking a shot and I notice my dad looking at me a little funny and then my kid starts crying and I'm like, Whoa, how am I going to take care of him? If I'm drunk, that's not going to go very well. And, uh, and it was at that moment that like everything changed for me. Wow. You know, I just, re- I just realized like, Oh, this isn't going to work anymore. <laughs> you know, I, I did the math on that. And I was like, ah, oh, this isn't going to work. So okay. that changed me. Did it, was it an immediate change? Obviously that's a reality check. Was it an immediate oh, change? It or? was all mental. Like there was no words, nothing happened externally, but internally, like I got ripped inside out and back through again. It was like, I had this whole like universal punch right to my brain that's how hard it hit me when I realized, like, I heard him cry down the hall as I was taking a sip of whiskey. And I was like, well, this isn't going to work. <laughs> so luckily I made the decision to put the whiskey down. Right. Um, yeah. And then from there, you know, I worked various construction jobs, you know, on Wendy's construction. I was doing nothing, hopping jobs. And then I found my way into a sales position I was tired of sweating. I, yeah, that was the thing. I just didn't want to sweat anymore because I, I live in Florida and mm. construction in Florida is brutal. So that was when I found my way into a sales job and then the sales job ended up leading into the internet stuff. Okay. Was the internship your first step towards actually becoming an internet marketer? Because I know when, when you're working in sales, you're almost an internet marketer already in the sense that it's the same kind of skill set, right? You're, you're learning how to sell. Did you see the internet and go, I have to be a part of this? Was that, I'm assuming this is around the mid to late 90s as well, or even later maybe. You know, I hate it. <laughs> Everything always comes back to food. <laughs> Every day, at my job, I would sit there at lunch. We would all, all of the sales, it was a small company at this time. I'd worked for various sales operations, but at this point in my life, I was selling light bulbs, like fluorescent light bulbs to, to warehouses and, and stuff like that. And we would all have lunch together, the boss and all the sales guys. Well, I would pull out my ramen noodle soups and the boss would pull out a whole lemon pepper chicken that he'd pick up from the grocery store. And so I'm eating every day. I need a, a ramen noodle soup. And he needed a whole lemon pepper chicken. And to me at that time, you know, now that I'm a business owner, I understand there's a lot more that was going on. All I physically saw him do was unlock the door, turn on the lights. And then the sales guys made all the money. At least that's, that's what I saw with my eyes. You know, I was like, wait, this guy, this guy here, all he's doing is flipping the lock and the light switch and I'm making 25%. He's making 75%. No, this is wrong. I got to become the business owner. Mm. I want to eat a lemon pepper chicken every day for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, now today I realize there was like a whole lot of things he was doing behind the scenes. Like where were these light bulbs coming from that we were selling? You know, yeah. I, I never thought about that. You know? Right, right. So is that what led to the internship or was that not your first step? That didn't lead to the internship, but that did lead me to start looking into how to have my own business. You know, I started Googling those things. I joined some forums like the Young Entrepreneur Forum. And, you know, I just uh, started trying to have a business. And I remember there was one day at the sales job where I 
somewhere I came up with the idea that I was going to be a web designer and I was going to open up a web design shop because I knew like four lines of HTML. (laughs) (laughs) And so I get, you know, use my sales skills. I literally just brought the phone book with me to work and I just flipped open to a page and I just started selling and I landed four clients that day for my H, you know, for my web design business that didn't exist, walked into my boss's office and said, Hey, I'm starting my own business. If you need a website, give me a holler. I'm out of here. <laughs> I remember calling my wife and I was like, hey, babe, so here's what I did. I just sold four websites. Can I quit? And she was like, what? And I was like, no, really. I just sold four websites. All I did was the, the phone book. There's a whole lot more pages in here. I could do this again tomorrow. Like, <laughs> and she was like, okay, sure. And then those four clients that I sold that day, they never, I could never get them back on the phone. Yeah. And so I, that's when I started looking into the internet, you know, cause web design led to like websites and kind of found Russell Brunson in a forum. He was offering an internship and all I really knew about him was he was an internet millionaire and he was offering an internship. So I used my sales skills to sell myself on the internship. I have since learned Over the years, I've since learned that uh, maybe my sales skills were not so good because actually I was the only guy that was willing to go out to Idaho. Everybody else wanted to do the internship from home. And I was the one I was the one dummy who was like, yeah, sure, I'll come out to Idaho and work for free for 30 days. And so but whatever, it it got me in the door. I guess my work ethic got me in the door. And that's how the internship happened. Now, Russell Brunson back then probably was like a teenager still because he was very young when he got started right so was were you he's two years older than me right so <laughs> it must have been a great eye-opening experience to see a guy not much older than you doing so well make, would make it feel yeah. like you could do it right yeah that's that's what it was all about it was like oh man if this guy could do it i could do it so you already summarized kind of what you did at, at russell's company mm-hmm. you know, after the 30 days was the plan to like go straight into doing your own thing? Like was that when you transitioned straight away into Google AdWords and and running that first campaign? Yeah, so from that campaign, I mean, like I said, I went from, you know, so that campaign started with me not even, you know, like just scraping by enough to be able to pay the electric, right? Because I had to take half the electric bill Mm. to even start a Google ad. That sounds really like... Risky. I, mean, I can imagine when you 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 came. So home. yeah, we don't we don't teach that in my course. <laughs> really? <laughs> that is that is not step one. Because I I can imagine you coming to your wife saying, you know, I've just done thirty days. I like these AdWords things, which she probably doesn't know much about. Frankly, you probably don't know a lot from a practical standpoint, right? Other than reading right. books about it. And you have to clarify when you say you took half your electricity bill to run ads. Was that to sell an affiliate product? Like, what was the what were you making money from? Yeah, so the you know you're so good at these questions, man. Nobody asked this stuff. So the real story was, I did have a little bit of a website going. I had already, I was making a few. Nothing was it a blog? Pay, you know, Tell me, it was a blog? No, it wasn't a blog. <laughs> it, it was an it was an info product. Okay. When WordPress was just coming out, there was also another software called Joomla. I remember. There was Joomla, there was Drupal, there was WordPress, and WordPress just took off and, and beat everyone else. The others do exist, but people wanted to learn. And, and back then, you know, you remember YouTube, you know, was just like cat videos. I mean, there was there was no info, you know, education. There was no podcast about everything. And so, if you wanted to learn WordPress or Joomla back then, you had to like read a book, you know, to learn that stuff. And that was painful. It was written by the coders. So there was just really bad writing. 
And so here I had this little video course about how to build a membership site with Joomla and I would sell it for 35 bucks. And so I was making a couple of sales, but I mean, like not enough to even make the bills, you know, like mm -hmm. we were still that broke. So I did have something I had, you know, I had a, I guess you could call it a business. I don't know if it was a bit, I had a website that was making money, very little bit of money. But then when I came home and I applied to Google ads, that was when it really, you know, I, I scaled that up to, you know, 10,000 plus a month. Uh, okay. So you built this website even before the internship. It wasn't doing well in terms of sales. You learn about Google AdWords, you come home, you've got a product you're familiar with, so you can promote it uh, using your AdWords skills. And that's what sort of got the, the flywheel turning. Yeah. So prior to the internship, I had like a page and a PayPal link. And then during the internship, I would do my job during the internship, writing the articles, watching the courses. And at home, I would go and apply some of the things that I had learned. Like Russell had taught me to put a squeeze page in front of the page. And I learned what a sales letter was. And I learned, you know, sort of kind of how to make a sales video. It does exist out there. I don't know how to find it. You'd have to search. Uh, you'd have to do a bunch of weird searches, but it, it's, it is out there and it is absolutely awful. But it was it was a VSL way before anybody was making VSLs. And so I kind of cobbled together what you would call today a sales funnel, uh, just squeeze page and sales page. So it got a little bit better during my internship. You know, I think I was making like one sale a month before the internship. And then I was making a couple sales a week during the internship and then when I added the Google you know the, the Google ads it just really took off so is this the product that took you from half an electricity bill to, to a six-figure business or was there it, it is <laughs> really it is. yeah <laughs> so you sold six figures a year worth of your own training yes so you were kind of a coach right from the beginning <laughs> absolutely man yeah, and I and I did you know so once I learned about an upsell uh, that was my upsell I used to sell Joomla coaching for $150 an hour. I would uh, get on the phone with you and help you kind of uh, work through your Joomla site. Wow, I did not know you you got your start in sort of in the space that I was spent most of my internet marketing career in, you know, selling courses yeah. and coaching. So Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, so I mean Joomla, I don't even know if it's still around, but um, obviously back then it was still a big player up against WordPress and so on as that became popular. What were you thinking as you're growing that business? Like I'll just you know, obviously you've, you've suddenly got more money than you probably ever had. And you were hopefully much happier with how you made that money compared to, you know, working in construction or sales calls on the phone. So what are you, what were you thinking? This is it. This is my future. My, my kids paid for everything is good or I want more and more and more. The greatest thing, you know, I don't think my business has ever been as good as it was then, you know, so let me not that's probably worded wrong <laughs> to, to any of my team who's listening right now. <laughs> that's probably worded really, really wrong. What, what I mean was it was just so easy and so simple. And I, I love what we've built today, but this was just, I mean, the only work I would do is I would check on the Google ads. And then sometimes I would have to, you know, remind people what their password was or do some forgot password kind of email supports. And that was it, you know, so like, four hours max a week that I would have to work on this business. And the coolest thing I remember was I would go out to dinner and by the time I was done with dinner, my bank account would refill itself. And so it was like, I would eat for free. I would go grocery shopping for free. It was, 
you know, the bank would just refill itself every day. <laughs> it was just so amazing, you know, and I had no employees and, you know, there was, there was just so little going on and it was a really cool time. That, that doesn't I hope that last. answered your question. Well, half of it. That, does that last forever? Oh, no, no, no. So the biggest problem is that I ended up, as Russell had told me, he was like, you know, unfortunately, you just picked too small of a pond to fish in because making six figures doing that and even adding the coaching on, I just, you know, I had all the top guys as my affiliates, you know, all the big forums, all the big, you know, plug-in guys. Everybody was my affiliate, and I was affiliates for them. I, I, I just tapped out what I could possibly be to be making more from. So I ended up selling that business and and moving into other markets, bigger markets after that. And ever since then, I've always been kind of a, a big market guy. Like I, I much prefer to play in finance or health or you know something very big rather than any kind of small niche markets mm. is, is that what you went into next after after joomla i went into make money online in the form of uh website flipping because uh-huh. i because i had just sold my website you know for a pretty big payday and so i was able to kind of jump into that whole website flipping market and uh, taught people how to do big website flips where everybody else was kind of teaching how to just flip like a website for 500 bucks and stuff like that. I did not realize we had a similar start here, Justin. I, I no, yeah, no yeah. paid ads Well, dude, I was a big fan of yours, dude. <laughs> like, I used to follow your blog all the time, man. That's cool. I remember when we first met, it was like, you know, you were kind of famous and you were kind of up to me. I'm like, I haven't heard of this guy, but he's a big deal. Dude, I was like, holy <laughs> I was like, holy crap, that that's Yarrow over there. <laughs> that was a nice moment. But you as you probably know, I sold my Magic the Gathering website, which then got me into yeah. the, the flipping world a little bit as well. But I don't want to spend too much time here because we don't have enough time to cover every little right, story right. here. But I am kind of curious with the sale of your Joomla site, was that like retirement money or just you know oh, my no. next year or what was it i didn't know nearly what i was doing you know i, I sold it i'm embarrassed i sold it for fifteen thousand dollars it was i know i don't know i don't know so, what your numbers were that could have been great maybe <laughs> so. I, dude i was i was making 10 grand a month oh wow okay yeah yeah i you know but why what, what was the know, what was the reasoning back then you, you know i was just I was so done with it man you know i was at that point i want i had so much more room to grow and it's holding you back. It was it was really holding me back. And um, you know, look, I was only making like ten grand a month, but to me, that was like all the money in the world. Like I thought I was legit rich. Like I said, I you know, my bank account would just refill itself every day, and so money wasn't really a problem. And I and I found a buyer, and I knew you know, it was a problem, and you know, so it solved my problem at the moment. But yeah, I took a big hit on that sale. Mm, okay, so did the website flipping business take off after that? Like same story, you just ran some ads, sold your own training, and away you go. In yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, basically, everybody wanted to know how to. You know, at that time, everybody was like, "Man, you sold a website for fifteen grand. How did you do that? I want to know how to do that." So I just kind of taught people. Really, what I ended up learning is I was actually teaching people traffic. That's kind of how we segued into the whole traffic and marketing expert kind of world. Is I realized that you know what I was really teaching people was how to get traffic to their websites. That's why everybody else was stuck selling their websites for 50 to 500 bucks is because they were selling essentially a template 
with a domain name attached to it. You know, they couldn't get any marketing. They couldn't get the website to work. So they'd sell it for a real cheap and they could do that over and over and over again. But they were never able to get these big sales because they didn't know how to drive traffic like I did. So I could get a website getting traffic and building a list and, you know, maybe even making a, you know, a few thousand bucks a month and, and sell these things. And so at the end of the day, my differentiator was that I could get traffic to websites. Mm. And that's really what I was teaching people. And then so I stopped. I actually sold that business, the website flipping business to Russell Brunson and, and started up the whole traffic stuff. All right, let's talk traffic. Cause, and that's a, yeah. clearly what you're known for today as well. And you've been in this space, as we can tell. I don't know how many years ago we're talking about these these stories, but we must be a least 2008 starting point roughly i would say nine maybe 2007 okay yeah this is all two that whole span of everything was 2007 to 2009 2010 i did like i forgot you know that after you sell a business you kind of have to start another one and uh (laughs) i got all the way down to a thousand dollars in my bank account i was like hey this thing's not refilling itself anymore (laughs) yeah and that's when i went and, and i worked for rich sheffrin i became his traffic guy and that was when everybody wanted me to be their traffic guy. Yeah. It's like, you know, Rich Sheffrin, he was the man. He was, you know, the coach of the coaches, the guru of the gurus. I was in that program. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so once I was his traffic guy, I didn't even try to start an agency. I just didn't say no. Like people would say, hey, will you do my traffic? I say, yeah, for money. And, and, and so they would pay me. And, you know, that's how I kind of. Then I, you know, after three or four of those, I was like, oh, well, maybe I should actually try to build an agency. And, and I built the agency and built that up really good. Yeah. So that's where we're okay, at. Well, I'd love to talk a little bit about traffic and also maybe sure. you know, your agency and, and your training school today. But with the traffic question, so obviously it's a world difference. 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, even 12 months ago, traffic, especially in your space of, of paper, paper yeah. marketing, it's a constantly evolving plat, like the platforms change. You know, one, I see you on Facebook. I know why you're always jumping on, you know, you're talking about TikTok now. And I know you're doing that yeah. because you need to know, is that where the next audience opportunity is going to be to? You know, even in pay per click as well. So you're obviously always trying to stay ahead of the curve. But what is the key as we talk today compared to say, you know, yesterday? Or or are they some are there some skills you can pick up that remain effective forever? I'm, I'm sure there's a some skills because you've got people going through your training. Obviously, they have to keep using their skills. But is this a space where you have to constantly be reinventing yourself a little bit to keep the traffic coming? And, and what works today? So the key is actually it stayed the same the whole entire time. You know, the only thing that has changed is new networks. So when somebody has only done one of them, they seem very different. But I've got accounts with over 14 different ad networks. And when you've worked in 14 different ad networks, you start to see all the patterns. You're like, oh, okay, well, this is, you know, for example, Facebook has custom audiences, Google has similar audiences and Twitter has tailored audiences. Functionally, they're all the same freaking thing, but because of patents and copyrights and IP law and all that stuff, they got to call them something different. But you got the same things, you know, lookalike audiences and custom audiences, tailored audiences, CPC, CPM, you know, it, it all is the same thing. You know, the really what changes the most is what size image 
does Facebook use versus what Twitter uses versus what Google uses versus what YouTube uses. And so the actual creative that you upload changes, but the process really doesn't change at all. And I would say the biggest key, the big takeaway of traffic is what everybody does wrong. Everybody puts a lump of money in and then they kind of treat it like an expensive one-armed, you know, bandit, you know, a slot machine. You know, I'm going to put a bunch of money in, I'm going to run it for a little while. I'm going to see if it works. That's the mistake that everybody does in every ad network has been going on forever. Everybody you know, makes that mistake. The, real, the reality is, is you should take that money and spread it out across a month and you know, spend a little bit every day and, and work your way into success. It, it, it's, it's not magic. It's a trade just like a plumber, a painter, a lawyer. It's a learnable trade. There's no magic. There's no luck to it. Like you just got to – what everybody's got to do is dedicate a budget and let it run and work on it. And it kind of like a sculpture. You, you take away the dirt and the, and the thing, and then you get to this masterpiece that is profitable. And when you get to that, it's worth millions. There's so much I'd like to unpack about that, Justin. Sure. I, we don't have time to do it all. I'd have to do another interview about just ad buying with you, but I know you have tons of. I'm always down for a part two, so <laughs> awesome. you know, let's, let's go with what um, we can. Well, let's just okay. So you know, you, this is a good example. I run a company called InboxDone.com. You know it. You're one of our mm-hmm. first clients. Yeah. Um, we I went in there and I have a friend who's also in the pay per click space and I said, listen, uh, we we want to test. You know, we got a thousand bucks. We want to do a campaign. I think it was Facebook uh, ads at the time, and yeah, we we did the sort of classic. Let's spend a bit of money to s- put some articles out there first, retarget the people who visit those articles, and send them to you know our actual homepage for booking a discovery call. And you know, we we blow through the budget in two weeks. Not a single booking for. A discovery call, right? And I'm like, okay, so, you know, asking him where the mistakes or where the weaknesses. And it's at the end of the day, it's like, we just don't have enough data to make an informed decision on where this is not working and, and what to do instead. So I think I'm saying a fairly typical scenario for a small business owner, you know, ranging from bricks and mortar all the way to online when you mm-hmm. only have that kind of budget. What do you tell a person like me or, or someone listening who's just done something similar to that? So, I would do it again, okay? Because you were probably three feet from gold. You know, something worked in there. You know, so did you get any discovery calls at no. all? Well, as, as far as I can tell, nothing came in during the campaign or shortly after. So, so there's always something. You know, uh, it is possible to get absolutely nothing. You know, but I'm sure you had, we had article at, views. You, had, you know, we we uh, right. Yeah. So you had article views. Well, what was the time on page of those article views? Did, did you get any, you know, were they all under 30 seconds? Uh, did you get some people that were three minutes? What was the click through from the article to the next page? You know, how close did you get to the goal is kind of what I would examine. But, you know, what I would say is you probably had something in there, some sort of a learnable moment, teachable moment that you would have been like, oh, okay, well, we got kind of close when we did this. Let's try again. Let's try to make that happen again, but a little bit more efficiently. And so if I were to redo it again, instead of putting the whole thousand dollars in there, I always break the budget. And this is one of the things why I was able to scale up my agency while I was able to get some of the biggest names is I would treat their money like it was my own money, like it was my mother's money. And I don't think enough agencies today are doing that. That is what we teach our people in ad skills, you know, that to treat people's money very 
respectfully. And so I would break uh, what we teach is to break that budget, whatever the budget is, whether it's a thousand or a hundred thousand, break it into five chunks and only spend 20 percent at a time. Because what that does is now instead of having one bullet to hit the target, you got five bullets to hit the target. You got five tries instead of one try. And your chances of success with five tries versus one try is exponentially bigger. Now, so to make that work, is it a case of really tightening the the spend on you know how many daily budget you're willing to spend, and then obviously you're going to get fewer exposures of your campaign, right? But is there like a absolutely? But you're going to inch your way forward. Okay, and that's that's the problem. Everybody thinks you know you're going to just put a bunch of money in, and then like you know something's going to happen, you know. But it really, it's a it's a game of okay, I'm getting clicks now. All right. Well, I need the clicks to stay for X amount of time because otherwise they're not even reading the article. Okay, so now I'm getting clicks that are staying on the page at least three minutes. So they are having time to read the article. Now let me look at some some heat maps to see if they're even scrolling. Are they scrolling? Okay, now we're getting some clicks that are scrolling. And now, oh, they're, they're, they're hitting the order button. And so you start inching away towards the goal until you finally figure out what ads and landing pages and moving things around and whatever. That's why you need five shots in the gun mm. instead of one is you got to kind of work on this. So I take that $200, spread it across. You know, this is a little bit of a low budget. Mm. But it, it can work, okay? And so I take that $200, and we're going to break that up into $5 a day on an article, and we're going we're gonna to keep working on it. We're going to look at it, and we're going to see which segments are leading to more clicks on the article, okay? And then we're going to spend a little bit more. Which, which of these segments is leading to add to carts or to free demos or, or whatever your goal is? And so that's how people need to think about it. They need to leave the traffic on long enough to get through that process. Cause I don't care if you go through me or any of the other experts or any agency, that is the process. Nobody escapes that process. It sounds to me like, well, I can know this Some people listening to this who are saying, okay, that makes sense. Incremental improvement. The challenge there is there's a lot of technical expertise. Like, you know, how do I even know which parts of these campaign are, you know, inching towards the, the buy button, you know, all the, and then there's each different ad platform as well. And the nuances of learning that. Now, the answer to that question is obviously work with an expert, I would assume, you know, get someone who, well, there, it is work with an expert, but when you have these kind of low budget, I, I usually don't suggest working with an expert until you can spend, you know, until you can at least start spending five to $10,000 a month, it's probably not worth working with an expert because, the type of guys you're going to hire for that really low budget level, you're not going to be hiring like the best guys, you know? And so then you got to wonder, is it, is it you or is it them? Right. And, and you don't want to, that's a, that's a tough situation to be in. And it just, it's not that there aren't, there are lots of brand new guys. And I hate this because some brand new guys are listening to this and they're like, Oh, I hate you, Justin. <laughs> there are some brand new guys who are char- charging low fees just because they're brand new and they are good. But it, it is harder. It is harder to find those uh, in that beginning. So what you should do, and this is probably where we'll have to leave this, and I'm happy to do a part two because this has been absolutely awesome. I love your, your, your questions. What you should do is you want to think about macro and micro. Mm-hmm conversions you know this is quite literally now we're going in deep into what we teach so your macro conversion is the sale 
or for you, it would be, you know, no, even the macro for you is a sale. And then you have micro conversions that lead to the sale. One of your micro conversions is a discovery call. And so you have people who register for the discovery call. Then you have actual scheduled discovery calls. Then you have completed discovery calls. And then you have converted discovery calls. But before even the discovery call, you have somebody had to, you know, click from the article to your discovery call registration page. And so what you do is you take your macro and you start working backwards all the way, every little step, you write it on paper. Okay. You start at the top, you write your macro at the very top of the page, and then you start writing every little step. These are all the little micro conversions. And, and this is what allows you to work on your campaign, like a mechanic working under the car. You know, you, the macro is you bring your car in. Hey, Hey John, it's broken fix my car. That's the macro conversion. Well, the mechanic, John, then gets under the car and starts looking at all the micro things. Was it the alternator? Is it the tires? Is it the starter? Is it all these things? So you start working all these micro conversions all the way back to the impression. Now you've written them all out. So now you start checking them. Okay. I'm getting impressions. Seems fine. Um, I'm getting clicks. What's the ratio between impressions to clicks? That's your click through rate. That one looks fine. Okay. So we're getting, you know, our click through rate's not the problem. So then we get click through rate to the article. And then you notice that your, your clicks, your click through rate from the article to the discovery page, or maybe the discovery page conversions, you know, somewhere mm-hmm. along the line, there's going to be a big drop off in numbers. Theory of constraints. And exactly. Theory of constraints. And so you're going to see now, you're going to be like, oh, I see where the problem is. And you circle that little micro conversion. That's where you work. And you work your way up until you have no more circled areas and you get to the macro. Mm, okay. I mean, obviously, Dustin, like you just said, we should talk an hour, just do a traffic call, nothing but. <laughs> That'd be a lot of fun. But there will be people listening to this going, okay, this guy knows what he's talking about. We, we did mention you have a, a technical training school and yes. you're pumping out people who have this skill set. You want to tell us a little bit about that in the last sort of five minutes? How did you start it? What's its purpose and where can people go for, for more help on this topic? Sure. So I had done well, like I said, you know, I mean, we had the top guys as the agency and I started figuring out, well, where do I go from here? I was actually out in Bali at the moment. And I was like, you know, what do I do with my life? You know, I got some money. I got some success. You know, what, what now? I reached my goals. And so I realized, you know, okay, well, I want to solve a big problem in the world. Well, I'm not the kind of guy who's going to go clean up the beaches. You know, I'm, you know, I'm not going to go grow a bunch of trees, you know, but what I can do, I can make really good advertisers. I can train and build really good marketing people. And so there is a problem. You know, people aren't coming out of college with Google ad degrees or Facebook ad degrees. You know, colleges just can't keep up. They are starting to have digital marketing classes. I know because they use some of my lessons in some of the colleges, you know, but they just can't keep up. And uh, so people aren't coming out of college with these degrees. And then most of the courses that I that I did see when I started were really about like how to do traffic for affiliate marketing or how to do traffic for network marketing or, you know, how to sell your T-shirts. Yeah, there was nothing like how do you build a career you know, out of this, you know, career level training about becoming an ad guy. If you want to be the ad guy for Uber, or if you want to be the ad guy for Pizza Hut or something like that, where does that guy go for training? And so that's what we started doing. I figured the problem in the world that I can solve 
is that people are struggling with being able to hire good marketers. And so that's what we do. And so with that said, we have training. If you want to take it, we train all the top guys, you know, literally all the way, you know, Frank Kern's a customer of ours. We train his team. We train digital marketers team. So we can train your team. We can train you. Or if you just want a guy who's already trained, we have a free matchmaker program where we'll pair you up with the perfect budget and skill level that you need. And that's adskills.com, right? Yes, adskills.com. <laughs> Don't forget to drop the URL. Awesome. <laughs> we'll, we'll include the link to that. I feel like over the years, Justin, and I'm sure you can agree, it doesn't matter what era of internet or even prior to internet business, the guys and the girls, the women and the men who are good at acquiring an audience are the ones who've really become very wealthy. I, I've always been surprised, you know, it doesn't matter what decade, it was like the early 2000s, the mid 2000s, recent years, you hear these stories of people who just mastered a traffic channel and they became exceptionally wealthy because they were just good at getting customers. And, you know, other people were whatever, doing social media, starting blogs, podcasts, YouTube channels, you know, everyone's working really hard to grow their business or, you know, get something going. But these ad buyers would just step up you know, spend some money, make more in return, do it again the next day and walk away wealthy within a few months. And I was like, I hate these guys because they do it so quickly, <laughs> you know? Right. So you're clearly teaching a skill set that I think is super, super, uh, not just valuable, but potentially financially lucrative as well. Uh, I don't know how many of your trainees have gone on to build their own businesses, but I'm sure there's people who've, who've done well, not just as freelancers, but, you know, buying traffic. Um, is it fair to say everything I've just said is pretty accurate about? I know it's a skill set you got to learn still, but it's probably the most powerful skill set uh, to have on the internet right now. It is definitely one of the most powerful skill sets and one of the most lucrative because it's not just the value of one campaign. You know, you can make another campaign and another campaign and another. So, I mean, in a very real, unhypey, it's an, an unlimited earnings potential limited only by the amount of time and, and effort you put into it. But if you put in the time and the effort and you don't treat it like it's some kind of magical leprechaun and you treat it like a real trade, it is an unlimited earnings potential. Awesome. Okay, Justin, I know you have to go. You're doing a few of these calls. So thank you for sharing your story. Um, we're going to put the link at skills.com obviously is, is the, uh, the training academy. Um, keep up the good work, man. I appreciate the time. Oh, thank you. You as well, man. Good talk. I used to do customer service myself entirely through email. And at first, I really loved it. I was replying to potential customers and current customers, answering their questions, convincing them to buy from my business. And it was fun. But then eventually, I started to get a little overrun with a lot of queries. A lot of people you know, asking me about my products and services, whether it's right for them. And then a lot of technical issues would come in like, you no, know, a link is not working on my website or how do they access this resource? Or you know, where can they download that? Or they can't open a PDF. And these kind of emails kept coming in day after day. And eventually, the more successful I got, the more of these emails I got. And I got really tired of replying to the same questions over and over again. Now, I knew that I could start building, you know, template replies to answer the most common queries, which I did. But I very quickly became overrun with this job. I'd wake up in the morning and I have to spend three hours just replying to messages. And, you know, there were a lot of important messages in there. A lot of potential customers I could be losing if I don't 
reply to those emails with a good, thorough, carefully crafted email to give them the information they need. So I was concerned if I stop doing this, my business is not going to work, yet I'm getting less and less time in my life to do anything else other than email. So that's the day I realized I needed to bring on someone else to help me with this very important customer service role, handling the email in my business. And that's why I'm so excited today to introduce you to a new sponsor of this podcast, InboxDone.com, which is a service where you can bring on board a person to take over email in your business and your life. And I want to highlight how important that is to bring on a person who can take over customer service in your business, in particular, email customer service. So if anything I said there resonated with your current situation with how you deal with email, you know, you're getting a lot of those kind of queries and you're feeling like you're potentially missing out on business or you're not doing as good a job as you could dealing with really important queries from people who potentially want to buy from you or even current customers who have bought from you or the more mundane queries like I can't open this PDF or this link gave me a 404. I can't find this resource kind of emails. They're boring, but it's important you've got someone who's answering those questions and not only answering them, but building systems, creating templates and automatic sequences of emails that chase up potential customers or deal with potential refunds, processes to really deliver exceptional customer service. And all of this can be happening without you being the person delivering those emails or writing those emails or creating those templates. Certainly not the person who logs in every day and puts in all this time to deal with something that is never going to end. You're always going to get email as long as you have a successful business. And in fact, you're only going to get more and more as you become more and more successful. So I recommend if this is your situation, you check out the inboxdone.com service and hire someone who can essentially become your entire customer support team just by hiring this one person from Inbox Done to take over email in your business. Now, it can do a lot more than that for you, but I recommend to find out all the details, just go to inboxdone.com check out the website and you'll find an application form there where you can apply for your very own email inbox manager who could take over customer service in your business which would potentially can change your life you can take this completely off your plate and go to sleep relaxed stress-free knowing that customer service is being handled by a dedicated person whose job is to deal with those emails every day for you that's inboxdone.com go check them out Thanks for listening to Yarrow's podcast. For more episodes, visit yarrow.blog and subscribe on iTunes or Google.